it's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where every single week um, I try to help people understand that we are such complex human beings and we have an intellectual, spiritual, emotional, and physical side. So all of my guests uh, that I have on the show are addressing one of those components, in some cases, several of those components, and how important it is to stay balanced in your life. So you can be the most amazing physical specimen, and I've worked with professional football players, and believe me, they really are. But at the same time, they have huge anxiety issues because if they're injured, their careers are over. And sometimes intellectually, they don't understand the contracts that they have signed with the professional league that they're playing for. So it is so important for us to look at all of these aspects of who we are and then to try to keep them in balance as best we can. Um, I have a website and it's www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And if you go there, there's about, I think, 360 shows now. Uh, the program has been on for over five years. And uh, so some of the uh, earliest shows are much longer than these newer shows because they wanted me to do a live show for an hour, which at that time I was like, oh my gosh, how do you talk for an hour? And then it became pretty simple because you just go with the flow and the conversation goes where it needs to go. So the shows are now 35 minutes long and uh, it works better for podcasters, I think, to not have such a long show because they like to listen when they're exercising, when they're riding their bikes, when they're going in their car, they can maybe listen to a couple of shows. When you get to the website, you're going to see Boomers Forever Young. They're a sponsor of the show. And Boomers, I've been using their products for probably over seven years. And during the pod, uh, the pandemic, um, I am absolutely certain it's what kept me healthy. And I'm one of those individuals that did not want to be vaccinated. So um, I worked really hard at keeping myself exceptionally healthy. And these products certainly did make a big difference. So if you get on their website and you look at the testimonies and you look at the product line they have, and you maybe see something that you go, you know what, maybe I should be using that. If you go to checkout in the discount box, if you just put my first name, L-U-C-Y, they'll give you $5 off. They've agreed to do that. And so you can have $5 off of anything that you want, or you can apply it to shipping however you want to do it. Um, but take advantage of that. I uh, tell people that laughingly, a few weeks ago, I was talking to a financial planner on the show. And he just said, you know what, if you saw $5 laying on the sidewalk, you wouldn't walk right past it and go, oh, well, that's nice. You would pick it up. So that's the same procedure here. Go ahead and pick up the $5 and take advantage of uh, that discount on whatever you might decide you want. So I have as a new guest with me today, Alexandra Harbushka, and she is living in Las Vegas, a transplant from California. So we talked about that for a couple minutes. And, um, you know, having maybe some doubts as to whether Las Vegas is the answer, but <laughs> at least for the time being, that's where she is planted. And uh, she is going to be talking about living with herpes. So um, that is kind of a, 
unusual topic for my show, but it's something that is out there that people have. Um, certainly, if you are sexually active, there is a, I guess the odds are something like one in four are going to come down with herpes. And um, there isn't a cure. And so what made you decide that you wanted to share this with anybody who, you know, was within earshot to understand it better, that it's not a death sentence, certainly, mm -hmm. but it is something that uh, you do have to be aware of and take precautions, um, hopefully not to get, but if you do get, then there are certain things you can do to prevent outbreaks, as I understand it. So welcome to the show. Thank you, Lucy. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk about herpes, <laughs> which, you know, nobody gets that excited about. Nope. Um, but, but to, to answer your first question, why, why did I decide to open up publicly about my diagnosis? Why am I sharing the news? Why am I talking about this? And in 2011, when I was diagnosed, I was 28 years old. I was devastated. I was shocked. I was wounded. I felt betrayed. I felt used goods. I felt that, you know, at 28, I, I you're still really young. Um, <clears throat> but you think that, oh my gosh, my life going forward is never going to be the same. Mm. And I believed that I had almost, I don't know if squandered is the right word, but I thought to myself, well, why did I try to do the right things. And why did I, you know, why did I go to college and why did I work hard? And why did I try to get the, the right job after college and date the right people and try to propel my life to the life I wanted it to do? And that was, I thought to myself, this was just a waste. I've, I've now wasted, like I, I was a waste. I, I wasn't, I, I did, I don't deserve happiness in the future. I don't deserve to fall in love in the future. I don't deserve to be a mom because I now had this horrible, in my mind, STD, right? And I was there, I call it the Eeyore phase, Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. He always oh, has sure. a rain cloud. Yeah, <laughs> he has a rain cloud over his, his he, just his whole life is melancholy. And I was there for two years. I was stuck. I was Eeyore. There was no, you know, no light bulb on, you know, just there's no twinkle in my eye. And I was turning 30 and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm turning 30. I, I have to figure this out. I can't stay here. I can't stay dating this guy. I stayed with him for two years because I didn't believe I, I didn't have the confidence to move on. I didn't, I didn't believe that I was worthy of moving on. Um, and I thought I have to, I have to change. So fast forward to speaking publicly about this. It wasn't until 2017 that I actually spoke publicly about this and it was my husband, then boyfriend, that said, Alexandra, this is who you are. I had a different podcast. I you know, was trying to dabble in the online business, trying to learn that. And he's like, Alexandra, this is who you are. You want to help people. This is a unique story you have. You're not sharing it out of anger. You're not sharing it out of, um, you know, like a victim mindset. It is, let me share with you my story so that you can empower yourself to either get out of your EOR phase that you're in with a herpes diagnosis or whatever phase you're in in life. Mine was herpes, but for someone else, it could be domestic violence. It could be drug addiction. It could be alcohol abuse. There's all sorts of things that we, that happen. 
And we put that, we put ourselves in a, in a box, in a glass ceiling and it becomes our handicap. And we become, we, we use that as, well, I can't, you know, I can't find the, the right, the right guy isn't out there because I have herpes. Well, not true. Anyways. So that, that, that was your right guy was out there. Oh, he was absolutely. <laughs> Do you know, um, you know who Robin Roberts is? I don't. Oh, really? She's uh, one of the anchors for Good Morning America. She was a basketball oh, okay. um, star herself. She's um, uh, from Mississippi, but okay. she has this wonderful, she had cancer and she made her whole, um, gosh, this is maybe five years ago, uh, at least that long. And so she made it public what she was going through because they had to do a bone marrow transplant. Yeah. And so, I mean, you're wiped clean, your, your slate is, but you're so susceptible to everything at that point. And her comment, which I loved, was make your mess your message. And yes. that's basically what you're doing. Yes. You're saying, look, this is something that people have, whether it's cancer, heart disease, like you said, alcoholism, drug addiction, domestic abuse, whatever, people have things that happen to them. And then when you can make your mess, as she says, your message, then it doesn't hold that stigma anymore. It's right. just something that everybody kind of goes through. And you'll find your little clan of people that you can make a difference, you know, by talking to. Absolutely. I love that. Make your mess, your message. And, and, um, yeah, there's so much guilt associated with a herpes diagnosis because it comes from the taboo of a, you know, sexual and, and, and the, 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 the stigma about it is, oh, you're promiscuous. You slept around. And now that you have this, you, you're, you're damaged. Like you're, you're never, you're going to have to settle for the rest of your life when it comes to a relationship or things like that. And that's 100% false. Um, and the thing, the statistics about herpes that are just staggering and, and shattering are, um, two out of three people have HSV one and one out of six have HSV2. So there's two types of herpes. There's HSV1 and HSV2. HSV1 is commonly associated with oral herpes, and HSV2 is commonly associated with genital herpes. However, they both go interchangeable. So now we have a lot of people being diagnosed with genital HSV1. Um, so with looking at those numbers, it's, you know, if you've kissed more than three people in your life, whether it was an intimate or a grandma or a, you know, a whatever, um, you've come in contact with the virus. You've come in contact with somebody that has the virus. Um, I believe the statistic you said earlier, one out of four, I believe that's for STDs or STIs. One out of four people at any given time has an STD. So um, it's very common and herpes isn't something that's just a young thing. It's not like, oh, you're 20, you're in college. Of course, of course you're going to no. know it's something that happens. I have people in my community that are in their fifties, sixties, seventies that have either lost a spouse, um, or, or have, uh, divorced a spouse. They're out in the dating world. They think that, you know, the STD talk is for the young to worry about, promiscuity or pregnancy thinking like, well, there's no reason I need to have this conversation with this person at, th at this point in my life. And it is just staggering about how many people end up with it 
usually from oral herpes, from a partner having it orally and doing things with his or her mouth on the other partner, and they end up getting it genitally. And it, it's just this, it's, it's kind of a, it's like a, a wildfire almost. You know, one of the things that um, is springing up everywhere across the United States, if you're in a, a retirement kind of a, a location, uh, but we have a, an area in Ocala, Florida, they call the villages. And it's, yes. it's like a hundred and I don't know, 50,000 people that are living there that are all pretty much 55 and over. Yes. And uh, the word for Ocala and especially for the villages for a long time has been how promiscuous it is Yes, uh, because a lot of the people there have spouses who have died and, you know, they still want intimacy. They still want relationships. And so I don't know how true it is, but um, I would say the doctors probably are pretty busy, you know, <laughs> handling right. Um, right. STDs in general. Absolutely. Now, herpes simplex, like people who get cold sores, isn't that part of the herpes virus? That it, uh-huh, that's HSV-1. Uh-huh. Or can't, so cold sores are herpes. Most of the time that is HSV-1. However, you can have HSV-2 as well, and that can be a cold sore. So really? cold sores so are just, herpes. So how do they diagnose um, whether it's one or two? There's a couple of different ways. Um there, well, there's a couple of different ways and they both have pros and cons. If you have an active lesion, you have a cold sore, you have a blister, you can get this, it swabbed and they can swab the viral DNA. And when they swab the viral DNA, they'll be able to tell you if it's HSV1 or HSV2. So that's, that's a great way that the downside is you have to have an active lesion. So if you're going to swab someone's mouth that doesn't have a lesion, then they're going to come out negative. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as a blood test, there's a blood test you can do and they, they, they look at the at the antibodies in your blood. So it's not a blood disease. It is the antibody buildup in our blood. So the blood draw, the that can determine if it's HSV1 or HSV2. The downside to that are two things. One, it takes your body a little bit of time to develop antibodies. So if it was a new, new thing, you would most likely test negative for that as well. The other downside is by doing a blood draw, you don't know the location. So majority of the people have herpes. However, it's asymptomatic in their bodies. They don't know they have it. They don't have outbreaks. So if you just are, are diagnosed via a blood test, you let's say you have HSV-1, well, you don't know where it's located. It could be oral. It could be genital. You're not, you're not going to be sure. Um, what do people do, you know, on the, because I'm all about prevention. Mm-hmm. So what do people do you know, to the best of their ability to make sure that they are physically uh, well enough. Like I tell people about knowing what your immune system level mm-hmm. is. And uh, that's through a simple blood test. That's D- D3, you know, dog three, mm-hmm. because you want that number. And the thing that's really surprising to me, but maybe it shouldn't be, um, is that doctors don't actually know what that number should be. And um, there's a broad range in your D3 that goes from 35 to 100. If you want to be healthy, your immune function on that test should be above 70. Mine's Mm -hmm. sitting at 100. 
Wow. So, yeah. So I, I make sure, you know, that I do what I need to do to keep those numbers where they belong. The other test that I tell everybody about is a C-reactive protein, because that's the level of inflammation in your body. And you want that number below 0.5. And every doctor I've talked to, they know how important it is to know that, but they don't know the numbers. And so, and I will tell you that mine is a 0.1. So I have very little inflammation. I have a very high immune function. Does that mean that I won't get something? Of course not. But it means that I can counteract it pretty quickly so that if I do come down with something, I have the ability to fight it. And when we were in the pandemic, the problem with most people is they already had cardiovascular disease. They had cancer. They had COPD. They had asthma. They had other kinds of allergies. Um, so, and they didn't know their numbers and right. they were obese. So we have a, a big population that is very much obese these days. So Absolutely. with all of that going against them and then coming up against, you know, COVID, they didn't have any ability to really fight anything off. And then on top of that, doctors will tell you today, but they didn't tell you back during the pandemic that if you took the COVID shot, it actually reduced your immune function. Amen. And so people that had maybe a 42 or a 45, all of a sudden yeah. it was a 32. And so, you know, there's just so many other issues. And then if people were uh, cohabitating, they were um, lonely during the pandemic, they, you know, had just maybe a, a few partners that they were with, you know, lo and behold, I'm sure that herpes was on the rise. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I agree with everything that you've said on that. And it's funny. I just had my blood drawn. Now it's a week. So I, mm -hmm. I made sure I was like, I need, I need my D3. Uh -huh. And I, so I did, I did all of this, uh, per our conversation we had way back in February. So, um, anyways, I'll let you know what my levels are soon. Yeah, please um, do. Please I will. Do. Did I you will. remember to ask for a C-reactive protein? I did. Good girl. Good girl. Did. Um, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I'm a very clean eater. I'm, I, I do everything I can as well to, I do want to say something that's off subject before I get back to the herpes, um, back to obesity. I was at my son's gymnastic class. He's three. And so other kids, like other, other ages were coming in and I was looking at the class and every single kid in that class was heavy. And I was yeah. just, you know, they were maybe second grade. Yeah. And I was just, because I haven't been around kids since I was a kid and I, and you know, I'm watching what the parents feed them before their class. And I'm just thinking, you know, my son has strawberries and, you know, like, uh, you know, a snack, like a real, in my opinion, a real snack, a real snack. Right. Right. You know, some cheese, some strawberries and anyways, um, you know, what's interesting too, and I'll insert this because it kind of fits. Um, I'm taking a circadian rhythm class with some medical doctors uh, mm -hmm. that are putting it on. And one of the things that really hit home was, um, and it's something we don't do because our lives are so different than they were 50 years ago, certainly. Um, but we need to, when we get up with the sun, by the time the sun goes down, whatever part of the world you happen to be in, it's important to not eat after the sun mm -hmm. goes down. And then not to eat anything again until the sun comes up so that your body is put into uh, notification, basically, that it's time to begin to rest. 
And the comment that the one doctor said is think about the foods that the sun shines on because then you're eating energy. So fruits, vegetables, mm -hmm. things that are in the sunshine, as opposed to potatoes, carrots, things that are in the ground. Mm. So that when you're eating, like you said, your son was eating strawberries, he's eating energy. It's right. not energy when it's a bag of Cheetos. It's not, it's not even real when food. it's a ding dong or a Twinkie. <laughs> it's not, it's just plastic. Yes. There's nothing in it that's real. Right. I mean, there's, there's no benefit to eating it other than empty calories. And then your body, basically your brain gets a signal that says, I'm deficit in protein. I'm deficit in this feed me. But then the feed me message that goes to the brain, uh, you know, comes out through, okay, what's handy cookies, yeah. chips. And so it's a vicious cycle. It's I, yes, it, it's, it's becoming a mom. I, I became very aware of the, like being pregnant and want to make sure that I ate everything that was pure to start that process day, day one. Um, so I'm glad that we agree on all this. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. But back, back to herpes and to prevent transmission. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty impossible to say that. So if you do not have herpes, it's impossible to say that you have not been exposed to it. It's just so common. Um, like I said, two out of three people with HSV one, you know, that, that you, th you think of you and both your parents, that's one, two, three statistically, one of you has, I mean, two of you statistically have it, but we could say you could bet that one of you has it. Um, so it's extremely common. And that's the thing that's extremely frustrating is there's such a stigma and most people have it. So to prevent transmission to a partner or you that don't, that does not have it, what you'd want to do is anything that you can do to increase your immune system. Um, of course, have a partner get tested, find out, you know, let's just lay the cards on the table and find out day zero where we're at, what, what do we have? What do we not have? Um, everybody has viruses of some sort. You, you don't get through life without picking up viruses along the way. It's part, it's part of building our immune system. Um, but finding out who, who has what and, and discussing it uh -huh. and being aware of it the, on STD panels. If, if you are a responsible, sexually active adult and say, I'm going to go get tested and I want my partner to get tested. Great. Unfortunately, herpes is not included on that panel. Mm -hmm. So you have to ask for it. So I have, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've had come to me saying, well, we both went and got tested and we were negative for everything, but they didn't. And then herpes shows up somewhere in this relationship. And they're like, I didn't know, like we didn't know. The other thing that's sneaky about this virus is it could have, you could have picked it up. Let's just say 20 years old. And it could be dormant in your system. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you're 40, you're stressed out, something happens and it pops up and you're like, I've been monogamous for the last 15 years. Where did this come from? So same way with shingles. Yes. You know, shingles it's, it's, is the same kind of a situation. It's a herpes virus as well. It's a cousin. Yeah. It's, a, it's, 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 it's a herpes virus. Isn't Absolutely. that interesting? Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to take a quick pause. We'll be right back from after we have a word from our sponsor. Are you feeling stressed and anxious about life? Have elevated blood pressure? Experiencing weight gain? Having problems with your immune system? Getting healthy and staying healthy is more important than ever. And it has never been easier when you have fundamental nutrition from Boomer Products. Restore the youth and vitality you are used to in just minutes a day. 
check out our website at www.boomerboost.com to see thousands of reviews from customers just like you who are benefiting from Boomer products. While you're there, check out our podcasts, blogs, and videos, and get caught up on the latest health news and information. Use promo code LUCY at checkout. That's L-U-C-Y to save $5 on your order. Stop existing and start living today with Boomer products. Welcome back to the Synergy Connection Show, where I have as my guest <clears throat> Alexandra Harbushka, and we're talking about herpes and how to maybe um, help prevent the situation. And your comment about asking for a herpes um, test, um, I, I bet you most doctors never hear that, you know, that you no. want to be tested for it. <laughs> no. So that's interesting because if you don't know to ask, it's like with your D3 and your CV right. protein, they're not part of the panel anymore. And if you don't ask for it, you're not going to get it. Therefore, you're not even going to know where your immune function is or how high right. your inflammation is. Right. So ask for a herpes. I ask for that. Ask, and a lot of people are scared to do it. You know, my, my husband does not have herpes. And anytime he has to have blood work done, I always say like, did you ask for the herpes? Like just throw it on there. You know, let's, let's keep, let's keep testing you so that we can be aware. So you've um, never really given it to him, even mm -hmm. though obviously you guys are intimate, you have your mm -hmm. son. Mm -hmm. And you, do you carry it also in like saliva if you're kissing? So that's a great question. So herpes is a skin disease. It lives in our nervous system when it is dormant and when it's active, it pops up to wherever you have it. So if you have it orally, you, you know, you get it on your mouth, it pops up on your mouth. And if you have it genitally, it pops up genitally. A little quick disclosure on that. Genital herpes can also mean really anywhere in that, I like to say boxer region. It can be on your tailbone. It can be uh, on your thigh. It can be on the inside of your thigh. It can be below your belly button. So a lot of times people will say, well, I have herpes, but it's not genital herpes. It's it's on my under my belly button. I'm like, well, that's technically genital herpes. So it can be anywhere in that area because it is skin to skin. I see. So back to the saliva question or blood or anything like that, it does not live in our bodily fluids. However, our bodily fluids, or, you know, I have a, I'm drinking some, some tea right now. You know, let's say I had an active outbreak on my, on my mouth and I took a sip of my tea and then gave you a sip in the exact same spot that I took a sip and say, Oh, would you like a sip of my tea? I could transmit it that way. So my, my drink, my chapstick, um, saliva can be there. There's couples that end up getting it genitally because they use the saliva during intimacy. Um, and it just went that way. So it, it can be a vehicle that transmits it, but as far as it, you know, living on surfaces, as far as it, you know, living on a toilet seat, as far as for long periods of time, I mean, that's it. But that that's not, a, that's not an issue, but it's, it's the direct, Oh, you want to borrow my chapstick? Here you go. And, uh, you know, okay. So like soror sorority houses and, you know, all that, they, it goes through it like fast because, oh, let me borrow your lipstick, you know? Right. Right. And, and you, you know, innocently you wouldn't even yeah. think now, is it worse today because we have more stress in our lives and stress complicates things like herpes and other illnesses? Um, or, you know, is it the same as it was say, I don't know, 75 years ago when, 
you know, World War II was finishing and everybody was coming home. Did did they bring herpes with them? Because I'm a sure. lot of the uh, military, you know, they were having all kinds of different relationships while they were over there. Well, stress is definitely the miracle grow for everything. Um, and it is, it, 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 it increases whatever issue you have in your life, stress feeds it. So stress definitely feeds herpes and feeds cold sores, fever, blisters, genital herpes. It feeds all of it, shingles, all of it. Something that I've noticed, and this is just an unofficial, there, there's no poll. There's a couple of things that I have seen. Number one is pubic hair. So that is something that recently I'd say in the last 20, 30 years has been removed from, for women. Um, and due to the porn industry, they started removing it. And so it's just most women remove their pubic hair that is there for a reason. It's there to protect, it protects us. So that's one thing that I think has contributed to the transmission of STDs. Number two, the oral herpes, cold sores, <clears throat> fever blisters, has been much more common in the past. I feel like there was a generation that kind of realized it was a it was a, a virus and went, oh, you know what? I'm going to do my best not to transmit this to my children. So I would say up until about the baby boomer generation, cold sores, fever blisters were very, 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 very common. Um, and I would say the generations after, they did a good job of protecting their children from getting oral herpes, cold sores. The good news and bad news with that is that the, the viral DNA is so similar between HSV1 and HSV2 that typically your body, let's say you have type one, if you come in contact with type two, your body typically recognizes it and goes, oh, I already have this. I don't need it. I already have this. My antibodies kick in. Because there was a generation that, that just didn't wasn't getting it as children, they were getting it much later in life, 20s, 30s, but they were also getting it genitally. Mm. So the virus is smart. It's only way to survive is to go to someone else, right? It's going to die with you and it wants to procreate. It's it's that's how it procreates. So the viruses have gotten pretty smart. Um, so like I said, a lot of people now are getting genital HSV one and they're not getting it orally. So back to your initial question, I think like I was, I'm really into history and you think of like, you know, courtesans, or, uh, you know, even biblical era of prostitution and all that, it had to be there. I, I don't think it was more or less. I just think it was there. I think, and it was just normal. I, I don't, I don't think it was not stigmatized the way mm -hmm. that it is today. It, it, just, it had to be a normal thing. Hmm. You know, you wonder, um, I'm, I'm thinking back in the you know, 1100s, 1200s, 1300s, when people didn't even live very long, how many of them, I mean, we know that they had sexually transmitted diseases, but how many were, you know, the herpes back at that point, or if that's evolved over time? So I called up a viral scientist at the Salk Center in uh, University of California, San Diego. And he got very excited to talk about herpes because nobody calls talk about herpes. <laughs> okay. And so I asked him and I said, look, who, who's the person to blame? Like who, who's, who's the guy here that started herpes and spread it everywhere? Who's the one we can blame? Where, where does it date back to? I asked the same question. And he said, Alexandra, 
Herpes has been around as long as we've been around. It's Mm. part of living. Every living vertebrate has a form of herpes. So you interesting. Yeah. Hippopotamuses have herpes. Cats have herpes. And you'll, you'll hear of outbreaks in zoos every now and then like, oh, the, you know, like the orangutans got it, you know, and they have to give them antivirals. So every living vertebrate has, it doesn't mean if your cat has herpes, it's very common for cats to have herpes actually. Um, Cause they're, you know, they're, they're kind of primal. They go out and they meet other cats where dogs don't anyways. Um, well, and the fact, I mean, this is something kind of gross, but it's the fact that dogs smell other dogs butts. That is the way they communicate. I know it's super gross. So, <laughs> so right. you would think the transmission of herpes in animals mm-hmm. would be pretty common. Yes. And then dogs kiss you. Yes. Well, we're not going to get, we're not going to pick up the dog herpes. We're not going to pick up cat herpes. Okay. We, that does, it doesn't work that way, but okay. every living vertebrate has it. And so when you hear that, you think, oh, I'm not the, I'm not the, the, the leper. I'm not the scarlet letter. I'm not right. the only one living with it. And it's just part of living. This virus just lives with us. We, we, we can't eradicate it. It's been around. So when somebody is diagnosed to get it, to go into remission, just, you know, building up your immune system, um, making sure, like you said, you eat clean, uh, probably uh, sunshine, uh, having, you know, a fair amount of that because that works on building the immune system. What are some other things that you do to, once you have an outbreak to lessen it? There's a couple of things that we can do. So there are, there's uh, essential amino acids. There's two, two proteins that are very important to think about when we're dealing with herpes. One fuels the virus the other extinguishes the virus. So we are, when we talk about two essential amino acids, we have arginine, Mm -hmm. which is very important in our, it it helps with cardiovascular health. It helps with vascular health. It helps if you're an athlete, it improves athletic performance. Um, It's also known as the natural Viagra for men. However, that fuels herpes. The herpes virus loves arginine. It fuels the virus. It's food for it. Yeah. Um, Arginine is found in foods like nuts, peanuts, uh, chocolate, uh, coconut milk, or, or meat, not the water, not the oil. Um, and there's other foods. So a lot of times people say, Oh, I, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a vegetarian. So I eat lots of nuts and I don't know why I'm getting outbreaks. That's why it also is in collagen. So a lot of times people will take collagen supplements to help and they don't know why they're getting outbreaks. So that's, that's one thing. Now the flip side is called lysine. It's also essential amino acid, which is a protein. And that helps with, um, you know, our tendons, like tendon repair. It helps with, um, also allowing us to metabolize other, uh, minerals and, and things of that nature. It's, it's also very essential. Now that extinguishes the virus. The virus does not like it and it helps prevent replication of the herpes virus. So foods like that are potatoes, eggs, dairy, fish, shellfish, lean proteins, you know, just natural fruits, vegetables, things, things like that. You can also take lysine supplements. You can supplement your diet with that. I do for that reason. I, Mm -hmm. I, I eat high lysine foods and then I also supplement with lysine. Um, and that can be very, very, very effective in preventing any, any outbreak or speeding up the recovery. Do you know, I did a little bit of reading on this before our interview, so I would be a little more knowledgeable. And I don't remember seeing that any place 
that lysine is the one that extinguishes. So that is super to know, but I'm also wondering how many doctors know to give that advice. And I bet they don't. Mm -mm. They don't, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that is unfortunate because because like like, like yourself mm. and like myself and and your audience, I'm healthy. I don't want to take a prescription drug, Mm-mm. right? I don't, I, <clears throat> I got this at 28. I didn't want to be taking something the rest of my life. I was soup. I was so young, you know? Um, so I, I don't want to take prescription drugs. I, I don't want any of that. Um, so there are other things we can do. Absolutely. And, and back Is- to the vaccine, the, the, the COVID vaccine, there there's been, it's not of course been out, but, but there's some doctors that have said, look, this is causing herpes outbreaks in people that didn't know they had it. And all of a sudden it, it shows up, um, or people that are like, gosh, I haven't had this since I was a kid. And now I'm in my seventies and I just can't, I'm getting one after the other. It it's increased it for some reason. Um, most likely because their immune system is down and, you know, again, they don't know to ask for a D3 test. Right. So if your immune system, which many people it is in the thirties, uh, you know, they, uh, are putting people on heavy doses, like 20 international units of vitamin D3 to even get it up out of the basement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I would say the, actual dose for the majority of people until it gets to 70 is 10,000 international units. And then once you get it above 70, you can drop it back to five, which is now what at least Mayo Clinic and a lot of places are saying a minimum of 5,000 a day for the majority of people. But again, they're not telling them that they need to have that number above 70. And so they're doing a little bit, but they're not doing enough. And obviously like the lysine, um, if, if they don't know that that's going to be an extinguisher, then, you know, they're going to continue to do what they've always done, which is probably to eat all of the wrong kind of foods. Right. So, or not being aware of, oh my gosh, I didn't realize peanut butter can be a huge trigger. And, yes. and, you know, someone made their favorite peanut butter cake for their birthday and then they get an outbreak and they can't figure out why. And so it's not to say you can't have peanut butter, you can't have chocolate, you can't have these things. That's not what it is. It's being aware and saying, oh, okay, I'm going to choose to eat this knowing it could trigger an outbreak, but I'm also going to, you know, take some extra lysine supplements or tomorrow I'm going to make sure that I, I, I don't have high arginine foods. So it balances out. It's balances just being aware. Out. Right. And that, and that is the key to life in general Right, is kind of everything in a balance. Our show is already over and it just flies by, especially when we're talking about things that are so important. So let people know how they can get hold of you. Absolutely. So I do, if you do have herpes or you know someone that has herpes, I have a 21 page ebook that is A to Z, everything you need to know about outbreak remedies. And that's the name of the website. You can claim it. It's outbreakremedies.com download it. I have put it's years of work into it. And, um, it, it's just something that I wish I really had when I was first diagnosed, because you just sent home with a pamphlet or you get the cry of herpes. And it's just, anyways, it's, it's something I wish that I would have had when I was diagnosed. Also, you can find me anywhere life with herpes. I have thousands of videos on YouTube. I have a website. I have them on social media. So whatever, whatever your vice is, I have it. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for your information. And thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And please, everybody, share this show with family members and friends, because, you know, like, um, you know, we're finding out from Alexandra, it, it's very common for people to have this diagnosis, and they need to know where they can go for support and understanding of this condition. So everybody go out there and please make this your best life by um, doing what you can to take care of yourself as well as your loved ones. And we'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye. Boomers Forever Young is really making a name for themselves as an exciting nutritional company with products that really work. People from all over the country are starting to take notice. Their whole person approach to health and wellness, combined with their unique array of powerful natural health products, are setting them apart from all the other companies in the nutrition industry. Their customers love the one-on-one -on -one free consultations and the results they experience. Sound a little too good to be true? Then go online to boomerboost.com today and sign up for a free consultation with a product specialist or just give us a call at 1-800-861-4609. Again, that's boomerboost.com or call 1-800-861-4609 to join the thousands already experiencing the benefits of Boomers Forever Young products.